Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. Today, we're gonna delve into the Hammersley Brothers Process 101. We're gonna go back to some of the fundamentals and talk through those, so let's get started. Hello, Ian, how are you? I'm good, good morning, Mark. I'm all right. Hey. How are you doing? Good. Right, yeah, good. Um, right, today what I wanted to cover, um, I was kind of thinking podcast topics and like I was, I was looking at the different podcast topics we've done, we've done a lot and um, one thing I think it's time for us to do is probably do like the Hammersley Brothers 101 uh, podcast. So a lot of people have joined, um, you know, the communities that we've had recently and um, so basically bringing it back to the 101, like what is Hammersley Brothers 101? What's the, what's the method? What's the process? And taking a step back. And I think for, you know, for, for our regular listeners, it's probably a good refresher um, of the basic method. And I think then if, you know, something kind of, you know, triggers someone's interest, then obviously there's going to be podcasts that go into that, that aspect in a little bit more detail. So um I know you get asked to speak quite a lot uh, in the UK and then you've got a, uh, a structure you go through. So we, I think we've let you lead it. Um, yeah. And I'll just okay. interject with, um, you know, if I find yeah. a useful point, I'll, I'll kind of jump in there. And I'll maybe yeah. if, if something's a bit confusing, I might, uh, you know, uh, ask you for some more clarity or something like that. How, how's that, how's well, that well, sound? That sounds, that sounds good. Or if, I'm, or if I'm rambling on a point too long. Which is normally when you cut in, yeah, with some, Shosh. you know, yeah, dismissive remark, yeah. yeah, 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 sure. Keep it concise. Yeah. I'll try. Quick. I'll try. Because yeah, we've. I'll give us. We've got about. We've got about about thirty minutes. So that's loads. Um, yeah, the whole that's, of the, the whole of e-commerce in thirty minutes. It's fine. Easy. Yeah. Ten um, years experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, where it start, the, the, the whole thing started in terms of our framework was because we kept finding e-commerce businesses investing in the wrong areas. And what I mean by that is they were looking at, let's take the site, for example, um, you know, they would come and say, we want to improve our checkout. We think our checkout's poor. We think that's why, we think there's loads of conversion rate improvement in our checkout because it's clunky. It's, and we, and we would look at the stats in Google, Google Analytics and we'd say, well, actually, you know, you're getting 88% of people who get into the checkout go ahead and complete their order. And the average is 85%. And mm. if you invest in that area with a load of development work and spend the next two, three months working on that checkout, you're, you're not going to gain anything. You might gain, you know, a tiny, tiny fraction but really, I don't think you even gain anything. And the problem with that client is, you know, there might be that their add-to-basket sat was low. So, so that that particular client, this example I always give, it's a big fashion company, 
doing about 10 million, their add to basket stat was 3.8%. And for for that particular client that has good repeat business, it should have been probably about 8%. And I'll come on to this yeah. in a minute. And so you say to the client, well, if you if you worked on that for the next two to three months, you'd probably double your add to basket stat. And therefore, that would double the amount of people who get into the basket. And if your basket to check out and check out to all the stats maintain the same, you continue. So let me just frame up what I'm talking about, because I'm talking talking a lot of quite in-depth stuff. But but the idea is it is it that you've you have to know what to look at and you have to know what those stats should should be because you don't want to go and spend the next six months working on something in your e-commerce business, think it's going to move the needle, it doesn't. And the biggest thing that Mark and I tend to do is is put things in the right order. So if you have a roadmap, we, we, we know what's priority because we've seen it so many times. So that that's that's the story. Everything that people know about e-commerce is probably right, but what, what they often find challenging is knowing what to do in what order for the biggest return. And so that, that's, the, that's the fundamental framework is knowing what to do when, taking away the, the emotional guesswork and this kind of scattergun approach of working on your e-commerce business and it's knowing which bits to do when. So we start off with breaking it down into the basic maths. So you know, e-commerce is very, can sound very, very confusing and loads of people throw loads of things at you, but ultimately it's very, very simple. The only way to scale an e-commerce revenue is traffic times average order value times conversion rate. That's it. It's those three basic metrics. That equals the revenue. So traffic times average order value times conversion rate. And it's as simple as that. And everything falls in and around that. Um, now, the first thing we do in the framework, and this is you'll get this by reading the book and listening to the podcast, is we break conversion rate down. And that was one of the first things we, we realized that we needed to do, you know, go back all, you know, 10, 10 years ago when we were analyzing the e-commerce businesses that were scaling. We broke the conversion rate down. And if you if you break the conversion rate down into three things, how many add to basket, how many go from basket to checkout, and how many go from checkout to order? And that's the most basic way of breaking it down. Because if you say get your conversion rate up, it just it's really difficult to think about well how where, and that's why you end up going and working on the checkout when you might, you know, that might be converting really high. So that's the first thing to do. And on average, for an e-commerce business that's got a decent mix of repeats, a reasonable average order value, um, you you find that the add to basket stat ranges between 8 and 11%. Well, it's sometimes a bit higher. Well, let's call it 11. We've always said 11. Yeah, so, but it really does it, depend on the average order value as well. Yeah. It depends on so, average order value and yeah. it depends on your re- repeat business. So if you have a really high average order value and low repeat, you know, you might be happy to get a 5% add to basket stat. Yeah. But if you have a content yeah. lens business that's a low average order value and low and really high repeat, you might have a 18% add to basket stat. Yeah. So but but in the in the main, the average is eleven percent. Yeah. Now and and so first of all you can look at how many people add to basket in your store. You all have this data. It's all in Google Analytics. And you can see, well, compared to the average of eleven percent of people adding to basket, where where am I? And if you're low, 
than lower than 11%. There's only one thing really that you can focus on, and that's the bounce rate. Because in an e-commerce site, if they don't add to basket, they're going to leave. So it's the bounce rate and the exit percentage. So where they leave in the website is very significant. So you start to look at what the key landing pages are. Well, how many people land on the product page? How many people land on the home page? And how many people land on the category or collection pages? So you start to understand where they are. So to so break that down, 11% add to basket. And then 55% of people on average go from the basket, go from the um, basket to the checkout. And yeah. that's another stat. So do they just leave things in the basket? So on average, because lots of times you find, particularly in homeware or you know, sort of luxury fashion, you find people use the basket as a dumping ground and they're leaving it there and not going any further. And so, you know, if you're, and this is top, this is, you know, the figures I'm giving you are, top, are pretty top end, really, really good customer experience. So 55% on average, they go into the checkout. And then when they're in the checkout, yeah. 84% of them actually go and place their order. So that's the most, that, it, this is where it starts in terms of conversion optimization. You can't go and do split tests on your site until you've looked at those basic three things. You know? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you, you're blind. You know, I mean, Mark, you normally come up with great analogies, don't you? I do, yeah. yeah. You got I one think, here. I think, I, <laughs> I've got one. But I think that, I think that the, what, it all's, what it all's come from is effectively we were in a position probably about five, six years ago, where, you know, we built so many e-commerce sites and we got access to so many different e-commerce sites. And we go getting these questions and we're running our, starting to run our own e-commerce sites. And we wanted to know where we were good and where we were bad and what would, you know, what, what actually happens, you know, like some of the clients were actually paying us just completely on permission right at that time. And it, it was, it was a really, you know, motivating factor to, you know, really move that dial as much as we, as, as we could. And so we benchmarked everything and we split things down and we made it into something that we could action and be useful because, you know, like Ian said, you know, just saying, oh, you need to increase your conversion rate. And there was a lot of, you know, conversion rate optimization that came out around that time, which is all right. But at the same time, like trying to say you increase your conversion rate is very much like saying, oh, just all you need to do is increase your sales, which is obvious, isn't it? And it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. So what we were able to do was split it down into actionable parts and then understand which part of um, the flow through from someone landing on a site to an order was underperforming. And then we could go and dive onto that part and say, right, well, clearly for you, you know, let's say you're selling jewellery. We've got four jewellery sites who've got an add to basket rate of eight percent your add to basket rates four percent that seems a bit odd I mean, by the way your basket to order stat which is the basket to checkout and the ba- uh, checkout to order stat kind of combined together you know that's 55 percent. that's fine so it seems it. obvious that if if we look at those sites that were very similar to you and they're selling in a very similar market to you that you're underperforming in that area and you know, you're you're going out to the market, you're going out to Google AdWords and Facebook, and you're competing against those two. And he is competing against you with an anti-basket rate of 8%, and you're competing against it with an anti-basket rate of 4%. He can effectively bid twice as high 
on the same traffic and make the same amount of profit. And so therefore, he's just going to be able to wipe the floor with you. So this was kind of like the, the uncovering of um, the benchmarking, the flow, and then to understand effectively, you know, if I want to compete in this market, where do I need to be? So that, that was the first step is yeah. to kind of understand those key benchmarking flows. And yeah. then once you realize you've got an, a problem or an issue or an area, that's probably not a problem. You probably want to see it as an opportunity because obviously you're, you're out there, you're competing, you're making money. And then suddenly you've got this big opportunity because suddenly you go, well, that adds a basket rate to 4%, but it should be six or it should be eight. Yeah. You know, I should be getting twice as much from the same amount of traffic. That's a op massive opportunity yeah. to actually go and, and do a and lot more you, with the same traffic. Absolutely. And your whole roadmap and all the work you do should be on, on that stat. That's what we're going mm. to do. So if you have an e-commerce team or, or it's just you or you have an agency, you know, you should be saying, right, you, well, you're not doing anything unless you're focusing on increasing the add to basket from four to six percent. Because I know if we increase that to six to six to percent, the conversion rate is going to go up to, you know, two point seven. And that means it's another half a million pounds of revenue mm. for nothing no extra cost because our advertising budgets will be the same but, but what mm. actually probably happened which we would say coming on to the next point is that it would allow you to recruit more customers profitably so it would allow you to pull the traffic lever a little bit harder because you've now got more return out of the your ad spend so yeah. the overall mission really the only thing that matters in e-commerce is how much does it cost to recruit a customer so how much does it cost us to buy a new customer for the first time and how much that customer yeah. is worth to us over a lifetime? That's ultimately, if you want to break down e-commerce into even more simple terms, it's it's that. Yeah. So how much does it cost us to recruit a customer? And that's based on your cost per acquisition costs, which should be mm. based on your average order value, your margin, your conversion rate. And... Mm. So if you've got a product that's £100 and, you know, you've got a margin of 50%, you know, you, so for you, you, you know the basic maths, so you therefore know how much you can spend on recruiting that customer for the first time at profitably. Mm. But then the mm. second part of it is, well, if that customer came on and bought four times a year, then that obviously is good. And I haven't paid mm. for the recruitment costs again because it's already in my database. So uh, that means I'm going to actually be a little bit more aggressive. So you start to yeah. work on the ROAS. And the, the irony is of all of this is that the mission really is to spend as much money as you can profitably. Do you want to scale your advertising? You want to pull the traffic lever and continue to pull the traffic lever. And the pull, when we say pull the traffic lever, we mean the paid advertising channels. I mean, it might be on, it might be on Pinterest, it might be on um, Instagram, Facebook, it might be on Google Shopping, it might be Google Search, but we want you to be able to pull that traffic lever um, and profitably bring in new customers into the business. Mm -hmm. And the problem mm -hmm. that happens with e-commerce businesses when they stop scaling, let's say they get stuck, they always get stuck at like two million pounds, for example. Or yeah. half a million pounds or 200,000 pounds a year, they get stuck 
because they can't pull the traffic lever any harder because the math, it, it, it just doesn't work. They stop being profitable. Mm. So if they pull the traffic lever a little bit, let's say, let's say they, they're pulling it and we're getting 30,000 people in a month. And at that point, their, their return on advertising spend dips below that profitable point. So let's say for every pound they invest, they need, based on their margin and their average order value and their conversion rate and uh, life cycles value, they need five pounds back. And if the business, it, it, there's a glass ceiling because, you know, they can't pull the traffic lever any harder. So the only way you can continue to pull that traffic in profitably is by improving your conversion rate or your average order value at that time. Mm. And it's those two things. So you, you improve those, that allows you to pull the traffic lever a bit harder. And that's how you then yeah. scale. And obviously, you, you know, you've got two parts of the e-commerce business. You've got the recruitment phase, which is how you acquire new customers. And then you've got the retention phase, which is how you get them to come back and buy again. Yeah. And those are like, that's like the backbone of the business. So really, really, that's the theory. That's, and that's one side of it. And the theory is all right and great, and it gives you a great framework. But I think the other part of our work has always been right. Well, now we know the issues. Now we know the problems. Now we know where we, we know where to work. Yeah. You know, that's what we had to go and do over yeah. and over again, so that so that the, the everybody started scaling and growing and and different things. And that's why we came yeah. up with those six KPIs in the book, or well, seven KPIs, I think it is. Um, seven KPIs in the book, um, and yeah. those are the ones that we that really framed the problem for us, you know, every month to say, if you want to keep growing this business, these are the KPIs you've got to keep growing. And therefore, what we have is case studies on pretty much moving every single one of those KPIs, because that's what we had to do over and over and over, over the past 15 years to keep growing some of the, you know, some of these huge huge e-commerce sites. And I think that, you know, when, it, when you have a complex business, like a complex e-commerce business can be seen very complex with a lot of moving parts, but almost like the, the, the more complex a business is, the more simple the solution is, because it, it, it's a, it is a, a part of moving part, a, a moving it's a system of moving parts, which are all influenced by the same inputs. And so once you understand those inputs, which are add to basket rate, average order value and traffic, and you start to understand exactly where to work, you, you can actually start moving. You can actually make a massive difference to the whole system just by very simple changes, which means you can everything, leverage your time. I think everything hangs off that, basically. The, one of the things we did was a target sheet, and it's a little dashboard that we did in Excel originally. We moved on to Google Sheets. And it's a very, very simple mathematical sheet that that just really helped us uh, understand the big picture and where mm. where everything ha- you hang your hat on everything and it and it's just one sheet and it, it doesn't have much on it. It has you know like we've just said traffic, average order value, add to basket. We actually break down the basket to check out check out to order mm. to one. And we just put check out uh, basket to order, and it just says okay that you're doing a million pounds now. This is what the maths look like for this for this business right now. You're doing a million. This is what your maths are. That you know your your average order value is forty. Your add to basket seven. Your basket to mm. checkout is X. Tra- you know traffic's seventeen thousand. And 
it then says, well, if you want to get to three million and then seven million, this is what the maths need to be. You know, this mm. is what a seven million pound version of you looks like. You know, it's like baking a cake, isn't it? You need the ingredient. The target sheet shows you yeah. the ingredients you will need to bake that exact cake. So, yeah, you know, and it puts it, it, it's black and white. Yeah. And, it'll say, and it very much know, focuses on to say, you know, like you can then go, oh, well, I think the bad to basket will come up, but I don't think it's going to come by that much. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that the average order value will come up a little bit, but I don't think it's going to come up by more than that much. Therefore, in order to hit our targets, we're actually going to need this much traffic. So if we want to have that much traffic, where's that going to come from? You know, how much are we going to have to spend? And therefore you go, OK, well, that's quite a lot. Um, well, maybe we can get some more from repeat business. I say we add a little bit from there. So they're going to have to have that that analysis and we're going to have to have that thing happening. And so you then start getting the entire ingredients for the cake you want to make, which is you want to, you know, a certain amount of revenue you want, you know, two years from now or a year from now. And really, it, it, it's, it's so easy in a business yeah. to not have that plan. It's so easy. Um, and I, honestly, I, I and just react. It's all when you actually put that target sheet together and you actually look at it for a business. It's the most wonderful thing because it shows you very clearly what needs to happen. And all those those night, those sleepless nights where you thought, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I'm all over the place. Should I do this? Should I do that? The deliberations, the the, the meetings of meetings of meetings talking about what, what you should do on the roadmap. It just becomes so obvious. And, and it's a focuser as well, because no matter in one e-commerce team, there's so many ideas that are being floated around. And everybody, without that focus, you people will say, oh, I want to go work on this because they're doing this. And I think it's this much. And you kind of go, well, how is that going to help this KPI? Look, oh, by the way, our, our basket to order is really good at the moment. So that's fine. Yeah. You know, you know, but what you're talking about is actually improving that stat. Do you think you're going to get it from from 55 percent to like 65 percent? Because that's how much it's going to actually have to move to, in order to, to pay for that project. And, you know, you go, well, I've never seen it to be 65 percent on any e-commerce site. So, you know, it seems quite unrealistic that you're going to get get up to that. Level. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm digressing because I have actually yeah. seen that 65 percent. But you know what I mean? It like yeah. it focuses the conversation. Yeah. To see like. You know, someone comes to you and say, look, I want to go and spend three weeks working on this. And you go, well, that's not really what the problem is at the moment. So why don't you actually kind of think about this? You, it's like being creative. As soon as you kind of define the box you have to be creative in, you can be a lot more creative because mm. you know where the barriers are, you know what, what to do. Whereas if you don't define the box, it's very difficult to actually understand. You know, it's, it's almost like looking at a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, it's really difficult. So. I know, and I mean, if we can, if we've got a bit more time, I think the next, so that that's the maths. That's the, so we're basically saying you break break it down into the basic basic maths of the of the business. So you kind of know what you're looking at, and you've done all your benchmark. You look at your stats, and you're going where the the maths are telling you, based on that target sheet. And then I think the the next things that we do, and I'll just touch them on really quickly because there's a couple of gems in here. So once you know what you need to work on in order to get to your five million or your ten million, you know, there's a notion in e-commerce that I that I irritates me that that people think that it's a one size fits all that every e-commerce if it works on one e-commerce site it's going to work on the on another, 
And it's like saying when you walk down the high street. I mean, basically, Mark and I were, were you know, we're old old school retailers, really. You know, we're direct mm. mail old school retailers because things that we're doing are nothing is new. It's just been in. It's been there for hundreds of years. We're just applying it online. But so when you walk down the high street, the shops are laid out differently, aren't they? For depending on the customer experience you want. So if, if it's mm. a high end, you know, cashmere fashion store selling cashmere jumpers for a thousand pounds, it's going to be different to the shop across the road that's that's selling spades for your garden. You know, so whereas what happens online is that we often find that people treat it the same. So you have to break it down into a couple of areas. The first one is, is are you selling rational or emotional products, you know, or a mixture of both? So are you selling something that's like people need when they need it? It's a problem. So like the example I always used to give is a car battery. You know, that's, you know, you've got probably 12 hours to get the sale. If you don't want a car battery, you're not. I couldn't make you buy one if you didn't want one. Mm. When you need one, you need it now. And the other side of it is like a, a, a a bed or a sofa or a or a you know a luxury you know quilt for your bed you know or mm. you know something like something that you don't need but you want and it's expensive and you might have mm. a month of time to make your decision so it's very much about selling the lifestyle selling the dream so, that, so mm. the products that you're selling where the customer's at is very important the second thing is are you selling your own brand of products or is it, are you selling other people's products? That's very important. Because you're selling your own yeah. brand, your own stuff, you can't buy anywhere else. You've got to create that desirability and convincibility. So just to go back a point, if it's a rational problem-solving product like a car battery, it's about convincibility. But if it's an emotional lifestyle product, it's about, um, it's about selling the lifestyle, about the yeah. emotional lifestyle. So, but the desirability it is about desirability. The word I was looking for was desirability. But if, if you're selling other people's products, you often find that the desirability or convincibility is already there in the product mm. and that you have to convince them to buy from you, not somebody else. And yeah. that's a whole, we've done loads of podcasts on that. That's yeah. a big, big, yeah. big one. That's probably the biggest strategy. Yeah, and I think that's where you can go quite you can go quite wrong because you can kind of go and look at like your favorite e-commerce site and you go, well, they're selling that, so I'm going to copy them. And it's like, well, you know, they might be selling their own brand, you might be selling other people's products, or or the flip versa. And you can kind of lead yourself a merry dance yeah, on that you because you know you're emphasizing different things and you need to emphasize yeah. what you're doing. And and I think that um, we haven't done a podcast on copywriting. Um, but I have been doing giving out quite a few free resources in the in the free Facebook group that if, if people aren't you know on what? it, and I say get on it. You need to. Yeah. You, you did a, you did the most fantastic video to the level two group on copywriting, but you did you you mustn't call it copywriting because it isn't copywriting. What you were doing was whole the whole brand positioning and value proposition for the business. Which is yeah. so well, that's what I call copywriting, copywriting as a copywriter, but, but, you, but you, it, it does it, extend it, to everything else. You, Have you watched you it? Say, you? Yeah, I've watched it. I watched it yesterday and I thought it was fantastic. Because when cool. you read the term copywriting, you think you're going to tell people how to write product descriptions. It's nothing like about that. It's about yeah. positioning for the brand. 
and how you stand out and how you resonate with the, the buyer and get into their head where they are and why they buy from you and how to amplify things that they're anxious about and the whole process of it. And it's fascinating. And it's nothing yeah. to do with copywriting in a traditional sense. It's all yeah. about... Um, it's about how you lead the buyer from... Yeah. How you lead the buyer from where they are to to to, to buying something. Yeah. So, well, um, let me just. I've been sending just, out quite a few bits and bobs on on the on the Facebook group, little bits of training on there. So if you if you if you're not on the Facebook group, then get in there and yeah. and you should be able to grab some of that training as well. well can but, I just tear uh, up? Because I don't yeah. want I don't want to leave it there because the, the, it, if you're selling your other people's products, you've got to do the market square test. The market yeah. square test is where you go out into the market and you take your top 10 best-selling products from a different category. Do it, do it, you have to do it by category. And go out into the market, see who's selling it, um, who's coming up in either naturally high and organic, and also who's coming up very high in the paid, so Google Shopping or paid, paid ads. Go and find the products yeah. and then put it into a spreadsheet and look at the basics, price, delivery time, reassurances, is there an offer architecture, what's the warranty, what's the return policy, yada, yada, yada. And then say, who would you buy from? Mm. You know, go and do that. Because I promise the race will be won. If you're selling other people's products, if you can't answer why buy from you and you've looked at everybody else, that's, that's going to be key. But then where Mark's copywriting mm. video comes in is the next point which is you have to understand the anxieties. You have to understand why, what mm. people like, what's the job to be done, and what people moan about. And one of the ways yeah. you do that is looking at the reviews. And that, that copywriting video really ties it up because it, you just think about what we've just talked about. We've talked about the basic maths of the e-commerce. So if you break all this nonsense down and the ridiculousness of e-commerce and the, and the silly things that we've bloody talked about for years if you break it down it's very very simple maths you know what does my yeah. business look like now what are the maths now or what does the business look like need to look like it's you know seven million what's the maths look like very 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 simple and then we've talked about um the type of e-commerce business you are you know if you're selling other people's products or selling your own or are you emotional or rational and now we're talking about trying to uncover the job to be done and where that customer is yeah. and how you find and where that. do we need to take them from and where do we need to so there's there's there's, yeah. there's a podcast on bridging to the customer which is which is one of them there's a there's a podcast on the job to be done which is another one of those kind of leading them it's very much about understanding the level of awareness of your customer before they come to the website because mm. it's very different than if you're selling something that they that they've already sold on they know they want it and they're just waiting for the, the right time to buy it compared to selling them a project with all completely the other end of it which is something that they they would like to buy but they don't know they need it and they don't know it exists so they're totally unaware of yeah. it and obviously the positioning and the messaging is going to be very different for those two for those two products yeah. um and and there's kind of nuances in between you know solution aware product aware um and and and, and kind of like I think there's about five actually. I, I think which one you know what they I, are, but I, I'll just interject because it was fun, it was brilliant, um, but it was brilliant, but it was very in depth. And I'd honestly have to say this: to you know, the caveat to everything that we're saying 
is that you, know, you don't need to worry about this if you're hitting your return on ad spend targets. You know, yeah. if you're growing profitably, don't do it. The first thing you should do is pull the traffic lever harder until yeah. until you hit the. So, you know, you own. That's a good point, actually. Things. It's a good point, actually, because I think that sometimes there's sometimes there's a reluctance in a business to actually grow, take advantage of the opportunities they already have. Like I was actually talking to, I was on a Zoom call with somebody and it wasn't, wasn't one of my clients, but I was just looking at it and she was sitting there on, she had a thousand leads and she was trying to do something else and she was trying to get more leads coming in. And it's like, the guy was like, no, you just need to sell to those leads. That's where, you, you know, there's no point going to get more leads because that's not the bank account. Go and actually convert some of the stuff you've got and go and use the assets. And you do see that a lot. You see some people sitting on huge ROSs yeah. Um, well, that was the equivalent. The equivalent in the yeah. e-commerce world would be, you know, their ROAS is sat on, you know, twenty, you know, one pound, yeah. and they get twenty pounds back. And but but the but the mass of the business are telling them that they could happily go down to eight. Mm. So you'd say, well, don't don't do anything on the website. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't yeah. don't do anything on product copy or imaging. Pull the traffic lever until you get yeah. to eight. And also, and then sometimes, sometimes you might be sitting on 20, and you know, because that's why be what you've had. Maybe you've been doing for six months, you got 20. That 20 ROAS might be a fleeting thing in the pan. It might be not something, might be, you might be just hitting the market at the right time with the right offer, with the right product, and it might be gone in six months' time. So in six months' yeah. time, you'll be thinking, God, I wish I'd spent more traffic there and built the audience up and built the list up so I got more repeat business so I can actually do it. You know, it's it's like you know, things align. When the stars align, they look really, you really go good. For it. They don't necessarily going to align forever. So if you can see an opportunity to scale, take it. Take it. Take it. Yeah, and grow with it and then build. Because yeah. a lot of these e-commerce sites get to a tipping point where they're big enough to self-sustain and they get you know like the, the brand awareness and they're big and the, it changes and the, the, it, it changes into something else but if you get and what we call it we kind of call it no man's land getting from kind of being a small e-commerce site to being a huge e-commerce site in between there's a bit of no man's land and to get through that no man's land if you've got something that's working pull that lever and get across no man's land to take you to yeah. the next step because it might not be there forever. Exactly. And, and it, it? It's true. When you get to a certain size, you, you, it becomes so much more profitable and so much easier because you've got this big customer database and you've got brand loyalty. You know, you built your reputation you know, and, and you, you know, you, you've got a massive, lovely email list that you can send an email out and you can get, you know, 300,000 pounds worth of sales from that email that you send over the weekend. And yeah. you're just in a totally different position, but you're right. The hardest point is to is to get it from. I mean, it's probably zero to a million. It's pretty tough, and then it's one to five. It's pretty tough. Mm. Um, yeah. But then you know, then you start things start to change because yeah. you've built up, you've got lifetime customer value. It becomes more yeah. profitable. Anyway, we better finish yeah. it there because I'm going to have to shoot. But. Um, Hopefully that's a good 101, Hammersley Brothers 101, to give you a good framework for what some of the other things we're talking about in the other podcasts. So, um, you know, certain things will have probably tweaked your interest. Um, 
we reach out to most of you on Messenger and on chat and the email. And if you, um, you know, we want to div- dive into something in a bit more detail, we can suggest a podcast for you if you, if you uh, do, found something want, interesting. So, do you Sorry? want to, what do you want people to do? Do you want to go to the Facebook group? What, what do you want to go to? A well, they, anyway, they can ask on the Facebook group. They can ask what, on the, the email. Group? The Facebook group is just the Hammersley Brothers. It's called, I think it's called Hammersley Brothers Book Group. Um, I'm sure, it's late. From I'm a, I'm a member uh, of it, obviously, but I can't, I can't, I don't know what it's called. It's, I think if it's I called Hammersley. Yeah, I'm going. I actually didn't know. But there's th- how many's in? There's thousands, isn't there? Yeah, thousands and thousands of people in there now. Um, let's see what it's called. Because to be honest, I don't actually know either. Here we go. Because you often say that. You know, you should just go and yeah. Just join the Facebook group. Just, yeah. just, just contact us. How? <laughs> it's called The Ultimate Guide to E-commerce Growth Book. Right, so, so nothing to do with Hammersley Brothers then? No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> the ultimate guide to e-commerce growth book, because it goes along with the book, you see. Okay. And then a lot of people who bought the book went into there. There's about 10,000 people in it. Um, and obviously, there a lot of them are all e-commerce people. And yes. uh, that's where we're giving away a lot of uh, free stuff um, and obviously posting about the podcast. It's very well. active. So it's it's it's, yeah, there's some great yeah. discussions going on. It's worth, it's yeah. worth joining me. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ian. I shall speak to you soon. Okay. Cheerio. Cheers. Bye. Bye.